Ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome back to the podcast. My name is Valerie. Thank you for clicking in on season four here on Aphrodite's Oracle. We're talking about spiritual alchemy and all of the allegorical references that are going to go along with that. There are seven steps in spiritual alchemy. But before I get started, I wanted to say thank you to all of my regular listeners and my new listeners. If any of you have shared this podcast, this content, your favorite episode, whatever it may be, with another person in your life, it means so much to me because I really feel like this podcast is a place where I can express myself in a way that feels authentic. And I think that the subject matter here is a little bit touchy and I've been so far removed from societal standards of worship and religion for so many years now that I forget how taboo and stark this topic can actually be. It's uh, Spirituality is such a big part of my life. I would say that it is the biggest part of my life because it paints every corner of every other aspect, including career and sexuality, homemaking, relationships. Oh shoot, I just got a text, I'm sorry. Um, homemaking and relationships and family and my yoga practice and my exercise routine and everything that I do is colored with my spiritual practice. So to be able to speak about these personal topics with you guys and to not feel maligned or villainized in any way is really special to me because again, I do forget sometimes how touchy uh, these topics can be. So I do appreciate everyone's support and I wanted to say my gratitude one more time. So thank you. And tonight we start with step one in spiritual alchemy and that is calcination. And I will read through all seven steps so that you can kind of see where we're going. Uh, step two is dissolution. Step three is separation. Step four is conjunction. Step five is fermentation. Step six is distillation. And the seventh and final step in alchemy or spiritual alchemy is coagulation. Tonight we will discuss why step one is the way it is and why it is so important. And we're going to talk about love a lot because love is the catalyst for spiritual awakening. It is the catalyst for alchemy and for our end result and the reason for everything, I believe, here on earth. So I'm also going to read a little bit from my book, The Beauty Alchemist. I have a chapter. Chapter three of my book is called Spiritual Alchemy. So I will actually be picking up my book and reading from it. So there's a little sneak peek 
for those of you who haven't read it yet. It's available on Amazon. So I'll start with a common alchemist saying, and it goes like this. It's in Latin. Arum nostrum non et orum vulgai. And it means our gold is not common gold. The literal definition of the word calcination, and this is just from a quick Google search, calcination is the heating of solids to a high temperature for the purpose of removing volatile substances, oxidizing a portion of mass or rendering them friable. Calcination, therefore, is sometimes considered a process of purification. And that is what we are going to talk about as a spiritual aspirant on the journey to living our best life, becoming the highest and greatest version of ourself. Purification is necessary. And for that reason, calcination is so key. And I'm also going to talk a lot about allegory. And just for the sake of simplicity, I've included the definition of allegory. It is a story poem or picture that can be interpreted to reveal a hidden meaning, typically a moral or political meaning. And the word itself is of late Middle English origin from the French allegory, which comes from the Latin allegoria, which comes from allos, meaning other, and goria, which means speaking. So the word finds its root in Greek, meaning other speaking, which means that the actual is not the literal. So the words or the picture or the story is not literal. It is allegorical. Alchemy itself is the art of transforming the gross into the subtle, the unrefined into the refined, the quintessence or the essence of a substance becomes purified and refined many times over through literal or allegorical fire. And the literal fire is that of the scientific alchemist, the scientist who seeks to literally take the unrefined metals, the base metals, and turn them into the most valuable substance of the ages, which is gold. That's done through literal fire. But what we're talking about here is allegorical fire. The process of refinement that occurs when the substance encounters the purifying fire, or in spiritual alchemy, when the emotion or aspect of the personality is brought to the light. And by light, of course, we mean the conscious. So when our subconscious programming and behavior patterning become revealed and we begin to question our own motives, habits, expectations and negative cycles. For centuries, alchemy has become synonymous with gaining wealth and immortality. 
through gold and the philosopher's stone. But this perception of alchemy is largely misguided. It uh, comes from confusing the metaphors of original alchemy with reality. So the confusion between the allegorical references to spirit and love and the literal references to gold. When those get confused, alchemy takes on this pseudoscience reputation of transforming lead into gold. So these days, alchemy is thought of as a, a quaint or maybe even a little bit occult, a relic of the dark ages, but there is tremendous wisdom to be found within this obscure and archaic philosophy. And contrary to popular belief, alchemy is not about, not only about transmuting the base metals into gold. Alchemy is ultimately concerned with transformation and change within one's psyche and within one's spirit and within one's soul. So while physical alchemy is concerned with altering and transforming the properties within matter, 3D matter here on earth, spiritual alchemy is concerned with freeing yourself, your spiritual self, which is trapped within the unrefined parts of yourself. And the unrefined parts are where we feel fear or self-loathing or we have personal beliefs that are no longer in alignment with our highest and greatest good. Spiritual al alchemy is vastly more multifaceted than just turning base metals into gold like a magician. And at this point, I'm going to grab my book here. Thanks to all you guys who have bought it recently, by the way. Kind of cool to see something that I created here in my little office uh, being shipped all around the nation. Okay, so chapter three, a legitimate science until the 1800s, alchemy was practiced by some of the most notable figures in scientific history, such as Isaac Newton, Roger Bacon, Nicholas Flamel, and St. Thomas Aquinas. And of course, I have a story to tell about Nicholas Flamel, uh, a Frenchman, a Parisian man. And I actually went to Nicholas Flamel's house on Mortemancy Street in Paris. It's a restaurant now. So if you're ever in Paris and you're an alchemy absolute geek like I am, you have to go to his house. It's called uh, Auberge Nicolas Flamel. And of course I didn't eat there because um, I'm vegan and they didn't have any vegan food and I don't drink alcohol either. So I just got to walk by and admire it. So back to back to the beauty alchemist. Okay. These men were mysterious, otherworldly, and oftentimes eccentric. Alchemists were hired by nobles to work day and night in search of a way to turn common metals into gold. And some are rumored to have succeeded, like Nicholas Flamel. But these scientific wizards were also in search of something else, a substance that would make a person healthy, wealthy, and wise to an extreme degree. 
This substance is known as the Philosopher's Stone. From a bird's eye view, one could see how these two goals are actually quite related. In both scenarios, the alchemist takes something common and transforms it into something extraordinary. In scenario one, the alchemist transforms a common metal into the most valuable substance of the ages. In scenario two, the alchemist creates an elixir that will transform a common person into someone of constant health, never aging, unimaginable riches, unlimited power and resources, and godlike intelligence, the ability to wield this power, thus making this person unquestionable and all-powerful. While these aspirations may be interesting and worthwhile to some, the spiritual aspirant finds the real gem within the process of spiritual alchemy. And in spiritual alchemy, we can see yet another parallel. Turn all negative experiences, emotions, and actions into the one universal power and truth, which is love. Spiritual alchemy is a system of processes that lead the seeker to release old paradigms and move forward to a radical new perspective. The spiritual seeker becomes the alchemist when he or she realizes that the power to transform oneself lies within because the power of God lies within us all. The transformative process of alchemizing our negative thoughts, experiences, and emotions into gold or love comes from determination to advance spiritually on our own unique paths. Okay, so that was the beginning of chapter three in my book, The Beauty Alchemist. I'm going to put that down. So as you can see here, there are two different schools of thoughts when it comes to alchemy. And in fact, we see this across religions and across cultures. We even have um, the Christian Bible, 1 John chapter 4, God is love. This is a universal theme. Isaac Newton is one of the most famous historical figures who has been proven to have been an alchemist. And when he died, there were, of course, many people waiting to enter his study to take his work on physics and mathematics. And they were surprised to find that numerous works within his office were on alchemy and only a few were related to physics and mathematics. So in alchemy, we have the materia prima, the philosopher's stone and gold. These are the most commonly known symbols as it relates to alchemy. Materia prima means literally the first matter. It is an alchemical symbol that reflects the notion that all the universe originated from a primitive, almost formless base. The idea of a materia prima can be traced back to Aristotle, of course, who understood that there is a force that holds all other forms of existence together, but is itself invisible. These days, uh, we know it as spirit or source energy or simply energy. In alchemy, the materia prima or primal 
material is that which is left over after we have reduced matter to its purest essence. This is a powerful psychological symbol because it describes the internal process of arriving at a core realization, or in other words, becoming aware of the root cause of a belief or a trauma within us that lives on in our bodies long after we experience the trauma. Within the Hindu tradition, they speak of certain ages of humanity. The Krita Yuga, or the Golden Age, is when people used to be spiritual and innocent. And then the Treta Yuga, or the Silver Age, when knowledge begins to lose light. And then you have the Duapara Yuga, or the Bronze Age, when the wars start. And finally, uh, where we are considered to be now, or the is the Kali Yuga, the Iron Age, when humans need interior transformation due to distancing themselves from the light and developing negative habits. And if you guys have done any sort of research or study on the Kabbalah, it would align almost perfectly with what I just said about the Kali Yuga or the Iron Age. There are also certain elements which make humans go further away from the light or gold or the sun allegorically or the sun, S-O-N, literally, as in Christianity. And in Christianity, these elements are known as the seven deadly sins. So these seven deadly sins are ways that we separate ourselves from God or gold, or light, or love, or the sun, all of these are interchangeable throughout spiritual text. Even S-O-N, the son of God, literally, as in Christianity, when we engage in these seven deadly sins, it hurts our soul. And if you guys know, I've said this before, and I firmly believe this, there is absolutely nothing, 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 even if we did every one of the seven deadly sins every day for the rest of our life, we could never fully separate ourselves from God because God is us. We are God. We God lives inside of us. So there's no way we can fully separate ourselves from it. And that's why the seven deadly sins hurt so much. It's because you're living so far away from alignment that it drives you to take actions that seem inhuman all right so moving on in spiritual alchemy we are turning a person's lead or their personality or their negative aspects into spiritual gold alchemists used to speak of human occult anatomy an occult you guys this seems like such, <laughs> I always have to explain this because this word has such a negative connotation, but it really just means hidden. So they speak of a human hidden anatomy or the energy that surrounds the body. Of course, it's invisible. It's not hidden. We just cannot perceive it with our five physical senses. But this energy that surrounds the body, surpassing its borders, this is known as the aura and nerve connections at a very subtle level 
These are called chakras. You have the chakra system. They're chakras. There's seven main, and I've actually considered doing a a podcast series on the seven chakras, but there's many more than that. There's just seven main ones running down the center of the body. And these are examples of the secrets or invisible human anatomy. And spiritual alchemy works with these energies because when we find where we are holding ourselves back, which is the first step, calcination, we become aware we start to recognize which chakras or energy centers are out of alignment. (laughs) Calcination is the process. So step one is the process of heating and decomposing raw matter. But in other words, it's the breaking down the parts of ourselves that are in the way of our own happiness. Often we'd rather be right or fulfill an idea of perceived quote-unquote perfection than be truly happy. So we continue neglecting the exploration of ourselves. The stage of calcination represents the stage in our lives where we begin breaking down our egos, our self-doubt, our stubbornness, our self sabotaging behaviors. We become aware of our pride and our arrogance and we put it aside so we can find out what is underneath this. Here we begin to observe our behaviors from an objective standpoint and that is the only way we are going to be able to properly assess these behaviors and decide what needs to be refined and processed. Remember alchemy, we're taking the gross. And I don't mean that as like, oh, yucky. I mean that as like large and rough. We're taking this matter, these parts of ourselves that are running wild and wreaking havoc, and we're refining them and creating subtlety, refinement, quintessence, love, gold. There is no doubt that this stage is uncomfortable. By its very nature, it is hot, fiery, and destabilizing. We are witnessing the crumbling away of untruth. I'm going to say that again. We are witnessing the crumbling away of untruth. But the most difficult realization is that the untruth, quote-unquote, or the false sense of self... In the past, this was our personal truth. So that's why this stage is uncomfortable and destabilizing. We don't act the ways in which we do without some sort of conscious or unconscious reasoning. The process of calcination, the first step here in spiritual alchemy, brings a magnifying glass up to our lives and we can't help but see our intentions, behaviors, patterns of thought, and patterns of action for what they truly are. And most of the time, the personality is built from experiences that we had in childhood, things that we witnessed or didn't witness. So maybe we witnessed uh, turmoil within the family, so we didn't witness an example of a loving mother and father relationship 
or a loving person-to-person relationship. We didn't witness that. So that shaped our experience and our perception in some way. And the ways in which we coped with life during these young, formative years, these subconscious patterns of behavior become glaringly important during the process of calcination. And guys, most of the time, this is not a conscious decision. We don't just sit down one day and decide that we are going to start with calcination, grab a notebook, okay, calcination, no. A lot of times we are thrust into this spiritual awakening. That is what this really is. We are operating from these coping mechanisms that we subconsciously learned and then absorbed into our personality. And so a lot of times it is triggered through relationships. Earth is a school of relationships and we learn our most important lessons by interacting with people and falling in love or feeling the presence of somebody who is in the midst of this work can sometimes bring about our own spiritual awakening or our first step into calcination or our first step into the crumbling away of the untruth and everything around us starts to look differently. And if you guys have been through this, if you guys have started this journey, I am so glad you're here because if you didn't know what was going on before, well, now you may have a little bit more of a clearer idea because it's very scary at first. This first step, this peak into the spiritual world, this is where we begin to notice. Just notice. We're not separating or changing these patterns, no. Not yet. That isn't until step three. But we are noticing how we have shaped our lives based on programming. The mind is literally like a computer. And the thoughts that we habitually think, this is our conscious programming. And here we become aware of our thoughts. We just start to notice them as passerbys, as guests welcome or unwelcome of course you have your welcome guests where you're thinking highly of yourself and you're feeling productive and you're feeling worthy and then you have the unwelcome guests where you feel judged or you feel trapped or you feel scared or you feel unworthy again these are all just thoughts guests in the mind they don't have to take up residence here and here in calcination we can start to integrate the perspective that our habitual automatic responses to life are a result of programs which may or not be in proper alignment with our highest versions. Of course, I'm not saying that everything we learned in childhood is making us terrible people. That's just simply not the case. But we are in this process of observing things with a force of neutrality so that we can decide and use our discernment to decide what is in proper alignment with our highest and greatest versions. This spiritual sort of peek under the covers, so to speak, or peek inside of our own minds, this is the first step in alchemizing negativity, anger, anxiety, feelings of worthlessness, guilt, shame, hatred, 
distrust, malice, etc. into the end goal, which is love or allegorical gold. And we will get there eventually. There are seven more steps to go. However, it cannot begin without this initial witnessing of the facade, witnessing of the untruth, the unbiased perspective of self. And there is no rule on how long you spend in each of these seven steps of spiritual alchemy. Just know that calcination or the first step is often uh, very painful. And you can feel like you're going crazy and you can feel like nobody understands you. And the important part is to spend time in introspection and in meditation and in your spiritual practice. Oftentimes, calcination is when people develop a spiritual practice out of pure necessity. The crumbling away of untruth when your personality and your existence starts to feel unstable. This can be a destabilizing, (laughs) to say the least, uh, time. But just know that this is all part of the process. In fact, I actually say that to myself a lot for a lot of different things. I say this is all part of the process. So for example, when I wake up early, really early, you guys know I'm an early, early girl. And that initial moment of not wanting to get out of bed, I always say this is all part of the process. Valerie, this is all part of the process because I know how amazing I feel when I get on my yoga mat for my 5.30 a.m. class and then how amazing I feel when I'm driving home after I've done an hour of hot yoga and an hour of weightlifting and then sometimes a long walk around the lake. I know that I can't get to that feeling if I don't go through the initial feeling of kind of not wanting to get out of bed. I mean, who honestly, who jumps out of bed at 4.45 a.m.? But if you just understand that it's all part of the process and you can't get to that lovely feeling of being done with all of this by, you know, 7.45 a.m. It's the same here with calcination, observing our habits and feeling a little bit uncomfortable about maybe how we're living our life or the people we're choosing to have in our life. It is a necessary part of getting to that step seven or that allegorical gold or that love. So we're definitely going to get deeper and deeper into allegory and deeper and deeper into spiritual alchemy. But for now, I think that is a good place to stop. If you guys have any questions for me, please reach out on my Instagram uh, at Val Cody. You can also email me Valerie Anna Cody at gmail.com. Once again, you guys, I want to thank you for listening. I'm so excited to talk about spiritual alchemy. Now I say this about every series, but this might be my favorite series. And as always, uh, have a lovely day.